0: Welcome back to Data Bytes by Women in Data. I'm your host Sadie St. Lawrence, and today I will be speaking with Rodi Tocheva. Rodi is a passionate technical leader with a remarkable track record for transforming organizations via data and automation at diverse and decentralized Fortune 500 companies. She is valued for improving operational efficiency, providing insights and thought leadership, introducing game-changing analytics and automations, and developing data citizens. Rodi has extensive success in cross-functional collaboration and influence, including building, training, motivating, and leading the industry's brightest new stars. However, today Rodi is taking a much-needed professional and personal sabbatical. She joined Women in Data earlier this year and has been really enthusiastic about participating in the community. And we are really lucky to have her be a part of the community. So thank you, Rody, so much for joining
1: us today and chatting with us. Thank you, Sadie. That, that was a very nice introduction. I'm happy to be here and I am always excited to do things with Women in Data. Awesome, so let's just dive right
0: in to the question that it has really been buzzing everyone's mind. And I know even in the community, when you joined, um, people soon reached out to me and were like, do you know, Rhodey, she's taking a sabbatical. How crazy is that? <laughs> people were just like blown away. Like, oh my God, I can take a sabbatical as a professional. I don't have to be a professor. Like this is a real thing and you can talk about it and promote it. So it created all this buzz. So you got to tell us, why are you taking a sabbatical?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. I am, um, I'm going to start back to, I guess, like almost a year ago now, because we obviously were, were hit with a big change in, in March 2020, and everyone has encountered a variety of challenges since then. And, and myself included, life just flipped upside down at, with a moment's notice. I still remember March 12th, a Thursday was my very last grocery run and my very last day in the office march 13th is when we started um, working from home remotely and uh, the last day that my daughter went to school face to face it's just incredible to think um, how everything changed so quickly Um, and all of a sudden we were doing virtual school and we were doing virtual work from home indefinitely my husband has his own business so Thankfully, he is able to have the flexibility of at least part-time leaving the house and going to the office even during the most stringent of measures. I think we're all very, very glad about this. Um, But regardless, you know, there were a variety of challenges getting into this new routine. But I felt like in general, we were doing well, relatively speaking. At first, honestly, I had the silly hope that everything would return back to normal at the end of the school year. And of course it didn't. Then I thought everything would be back to normal for the following school year, and it wasn't. And so um, in August, um, as I was continuing to work remotely, I also added homeschooling to the daily routine as the virtual options offered weren't a good fit. I was really quite intimidated at first, but at the same time, first grade is not rocket science. And we are fortunate to have a, a high ability learner. So. Um, it was going okay, but um, as the weeks and months rolled by, I, w- I started thinking more and more that even though school and work were going fine, our daily lives were just not good. So my daughter, she's, she's an only child, was literally having no one to interact with during the many hours of me doing my work. And then in the evening and on weekends, I just felt too drained and rushed for any quality time to be had. Even so, I pushed forward because I care about my career in analytics, and I felt a deep sense of commitment to my organization. But the question of whether I was making the right choice, or how I was spending my time, kept nagging at me, and um, I I kept thinking about it, and um, I started evaluating the benefits and downsides of staying at my current job versus alternative ways that I could grow and. Uh, potentially even contribute professionally outside of traditional employment. So um, back in October, after a lot of thought and consideration, I decided I can take a creative approach to kind of having the best of both worlds. So having a healthier family life while also continuing uh, with my career through some alternative ways like um, taking some professional development courses and earning certifications attending conferences, involving myself in organizations, and even doing pro bono work, which I've always admired, but never quite gotten to do so. So this is how, in October, the Retool, Refresh, Rebalance, Personal Professional Sabbatical came to be. And that is still what I'm doing today. Yeah, so
0: I love you just sharing your journey of coming to this decision because, you know, none of us could, have forecasted what march of 2020 would entitle for all of us and the changes that it would cause in our lives and i know you know your story of balancing work and then now being a teacher and childcare strikes you know similarities with a lot of listeners but i i am curious too in regards to what made you decide to call it a sabbatical a lot of people are talking about women leaving the workplace But you really got creative and rebranded this as a positive. Like, how did you come to that versus deciding, hey, I'm just going to leave the workplace for a little while?
1: I'm not sure exactly how I came up with the word sabbatical per se. But I know in general, I'm not the first one in a way I feel like a lot of millennials, we have to thank for, for paving the road here because career breaks are becoming more and more um, common nowadays. Do you know on LinkedIn, if you do want to link, uh, if you do want to place sabbatical as your company, which is what I currently have, there are actual images that you can pick from. Like like there's a fitness one, I think, there's a travel one. So it's becoming more and more common, it seems like. Um, So I can't say I can take credit for like necessarily the word itself but what was really important for me was that this wasn't just time away from work but this was time doing things that that just fit everything that's going on better so like the saying goes don't run away run towards something so that's why i i guess i framed it this way at the end and and that's why i'm, I'm kind of careful to keep hitting the the three different kind of areas of a focus and not just get drowned by the day-to-day of housekeeping and child caring.
0: No, I think that's fantastic. And that's gr- a great insight, e- even that LinkedIn has images you can pick when you <laughs> you know choose to add sabbatical <laughs> to your title. I'm like, I'm gonna go update by LinkedIn now. i <laughs> see if that's an option. Because it just, I feel like sometimes we live in such a hustle culture that it's fantastic when there are resources and things that promote, you know, taking rest and taking time to focus and taking quiet time. Um, So yeah, great tip for everyone to know that is an option and feel free to promote it. But moving on, I'd love to know, you know, you're in the sabbatical. So what have you been doing in the last six months of being in your sabbatical?
1: Yes. So so I broke it up um, in the, those three buckets, of Retool, Refresh, Rebalance, which I can only partially take credit for because I did have a resume writer and a LinkedIn profile writer helped me with the sort of keywords there. And I think that she, she did a really good job and, and deserves definitely credit for that. But um, I'll, I'll start with the, the Retool. So um, like I mentioned before, I really, really wanted to make sure that I, I kept doing things that would be positive for my career. And I really like data and that's what I wanna go back to. But there's so many different ways that you can look at a career in data and they're just, the sphere is big and there's so many um, different professional angles and challenges that different paths basically that you can take. I'm aware of my own strengths. Obviously I have certain prior experiences and knowledge and expertise. Um, but I'm also aware of opportunities for improvement and, and some interests that I have that are not necessarily just keep doing what I've been doing. So I I was thinking that it would be good for me to do some sort of coursework. And actually for a brief moment in time, I considered getting some sort of a graduate degree. I do already have a master's, but I thought, well, maybe a more like relevant master's would be, um, it would be a good idea. But when I started evaluating different options there, I decided that really uh, building my own curriculum was the best way to go because I knew what it is that I wanted to focus on and a degree is not necessarily what, what I'm after. So, So I did that and I have to say this curriculum is definitely evolving, but I can share with you that I've done a couple of certifications already. Uh, and I'm working on two more right now. These are all in the areas of analytics, machine learning, and digital transformation. I keep attending conferences. Actually, uh, even this week, I have attended, well, I attended one conference the last three days and today and tomorrow is another one. So even this week, I'm kind of in conference land, um, which is really cool and you get to hear what is happening in the data sphere globally. Um, I've, I've done some workshops as well. Just last week, I attended a data storytelling one, which was really cool. And, and it, I have to say, it's definitely not my inborn strength. It's something I have to work on. That kind of creative brain is just not my default state. So I, I think I'm going to continue in this area and maybe even get a neuro degree a little bit later this year for some more experience and learning. Um, and yeah, so, like I said, my curriculum keeps evolving and um, I, I like all of the things I've gotten into already. And one other area that, that I um, want to explore some more is data governance. I think a lot of us are excited about doing machine learning and doing various analytics and automations, but if there's not a good data infrastructure and data governance in place, uh, organizations are super limited in terms of what they can do. So I think that that would be something very, very useful to learn about. So that's been it as far as the retool. Should I keep going with the other two?
0: Yeah, I you know, I'm, it sounds like you've been very, very busy, (laughs) you know, definitely not any just, you know, laying on the beach kind of relaxing side of things. I know that you have the refresh and the rebalance in there, but I mean, you know, even this week going to multiple conferences, all the certifications and classes you've done. I mean, how are you balancing your day to day? You know, you still have family, you still have, in a way, your career, right? By focusing on this retool, refresh, rebalance, do you feel like you're refreshing and rebalancing at the same time while you're, you know, in conference land, as you say?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I, it's it's a challenge for sure. I sometimes do think that I'm I'm getting myself too too far deep in, but. I think it's important because if I wasn't doing these sort of professional career oriented career minded things I can totally see myself slipping into this state of just feeling dissatisfied and unchallenged and like no sense of accomplishment and maybe even depressed to a certain degree and I'm not saying that that it's not an accomplishment being able to teach your child or provide child care or or do n- nice things for the household but I just know myself like that's not enough like that's I'm not cut out to be a traditional stay-at-home mom that requires a lot of um patience and and maybe even skills that I don't necessarily possess <laughs> <laughs> but but uh um for me the career aspect honestly just helps keep me sane and and it helps me be a nicer mom and a nicer <laughs> person to be around no
0: i I think the key there is really knowing yourself um you know there's nothing wrong with if you're the person who can do the the child care and home duties you know 24 um, 7 but I totally agree with you I, I haven't been fortunate enough to have children myself, but my partner and I have already discussed that. He's like, you're never going to quit work because you would drive everyone in the household (laughs) insane.
1: I'm like, I know I
0: would, because it's not fulfilling enough for me. I need something else. And and that's where the really knowing yourself comes into play.
1: Yep, yep. And you know, the, the other aspect of it is that I, it definitely nags at me is, okay, so I know myself and I know what I want to do and I know how I want to spend my time. But at the same time, how are all of these decisions that I'm making impacting my daughter? So on the mm-hmm. one hand, I want her to have a positive example where you know she sees me like learning and, and impacting in different ways professionally. On the other hand, I don't want to have A super frustrated child because their mother is around but not really because she's just too busy doing other things so it's it's a balancing act for sure (laughs) but one of the things that I realized when she was a baby and we were kind of in the trenches trying to make it from one day to the next is you have time for everything truly you just don't have time for it like at any one given point in time. Mm -hmm. Meaning your priorities today don't have to be the same as your priorities on Sunday. Your priorities this week don't have to be the same as the ones next week. So not every day has to be the same. And it is okay if the pendulum swings back and forth as long as you're creating a balance that you're satisfied with at the end. So the long-term game, not not the day-to-day hour by hour.
0: Yeah, that's such a great point. I think a lot of times we can narrow our focus too much and look at an hour or a day and be like, oh, was I successful? Did I balance things out today? But sometimes we just need to zoom out a little bit to see that, no, it's a balance over, you know, multiple days, weeks and years. That's what matters.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So are there any downsides to taking a sabbatical? or has it just been like all rose colored glasses and happy times for you in the last <laughs> six months?
1: <laughs> well, um, I, I definitely think it was the right decision and it keeps right now being the right decision for me. I, I do think that there's a certain amount of effort which I didn't necessarily foresee in kind of staying on task and and staying focused to make sure that I accomplish whatever goals I have and I don't mean just professionally at this point I mean overall um, because when you do take time away from the kind of full-time employment you do have the luxury obviously of more time but it is very easy for for the time to just slip away and you didn't get time to maybe do the fun things you didn't get time to do the educational things you didn't get time to I don't know exercise whatever your your goals may be so it's I am shocked to share or to realize and and I'm happy to share that it's hard work staying organized Mm -hmm. and and kind of making sure that you're doing all the things and and kind of meeting your goals it's I would even argue it's harder than if you were working because if you're working you have a boss you have some goals you have team members there's a system in place to kind of keep you accountable Um, but you don't have that in a sabbatical you are your own boss I guess just like having your own business right (laughs) so Mm -hmm. you can do as much or as little as you wish and obviously your satisfaction with yourself at the end of it would vary depending on what you got done
0: yeah no that's a great point um it just because have just because you have more time doesn't mean you're going to get more done it's really all about how you use that time do you have any tips for people in terms of how to stay organized and you know goal oriented still while you're taking this time off
1: um I have not found a magic solution here, but I guess I, I will share a couple of things. Having a calendar definitely helps just like at work. Mm-hmm. If you put things on the calendar, they're a lot more likely to happen. So that's like a simple thing, but um, I, I think it, it is it is a good concept to apply here. I found out uh, a couple of months ago about this, um, product um it's it's called i think the full focus journal and it's it's in essence a daily weekly planner monthly planner but the, the different thing about it is is that it makes you establish goals for the year goals for the quarter goals for the month and goals for the week and then every week and every month and every quarter you reflect back on them. so going back to how it works in the corporate world and i thought that that was really cool because that's that's definitely a way to to like make you check yourself to see if you are on the path on a path that you like. So I bought one of these. I haven't been the best at using them, but I think it's a great idea. So hopefully, hopefully over time I'll uh, I won't be in so many conferences and then I can I can do more of that. I don't know. Um, no,
0: that's a great suggestion. I use Passion Planner, which is similar in that regard. It it has all the way from a year broken down to a daily goal that you just have one focus for that day. And I am a huge fan of having the, having quarterly reviews with myself, with my board of directors, <laughs> looking at, you know, what we accomplished, what we didn't, how we needed just the plan. Like you said, very similar to a work,
1: you know, a regular work environment, but for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. I think that 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 that's extremely helpful i'm going to look up the passion planner now i'll remember it Um, i think that's very helpful and the other thing that i wanted to say is just like in general when when you're considering taking a sabbatical you should think about like what are you trying to accomplish by taking the sabbatical what are your sort of like short-term goals so it could be you know taking care of family members it could be continuing education it could be other things but then you should also consider what are your goals for after the sabbatical. Will this sabbatical ever be over? And if so, like what are you trying to, to, um, to, where are you trying to be at like after the sabbatical? And making sure that the short term goals obviously support the long term goals. So that that definitely helps with perspective and to be. Um, kind of very I think blunt here what also tends to happen I think to everyone who is not full-time gainfully employed is that close ones family members tend to have different expectations of you because Mm. now it seems like you have all this time nobody cares what your actual goals are for this time it's it's more like well you, you don't work now so you must have time for everything so it's important to be your own advocate and also before taking a plunge into the sabbatical world, making sure that you have the right, um, the right sort of support system. So if my husband, for example, was to expect now, um, I don't know, like a five course meal every night because I'm not working, that would not work. First of all, (laughs) that would result in very serious relationship issues. But from a sabbatical standpoint, that would not support what I'm trying to do, right? Like Mm -hmm. I didn't take a sabbatical to practice my professional cooking skills here. Mm -hmm. So so I think it's very important to make sure that you have that because otherwise you're gonna regret like moving away from your full-time career And now having that be replaced by just like little things here and there that add up to more than a job, just because people don't appreciate that you have your own goals. Yeah,
0: that's a great point. Um, Because your time will get filled up no matter what with something. And there are a lot of time vampires out there. I like (laughs) to call them who will suck up your time. And if you don't know what your goals are, then it's hard to say no to those things that aren't aligned with them. And especially in a time when people know that you aren't working, I can see how it'd be very easy for other people to put expectations on you that may not align with your goals.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I have definitely, um, taken I guess a lot of help that I can get as far as making sure that I do carve out time so that I don't get overwhelmed so I will share just for the benefit of everyone with the homeschooling we invested in a good curriculum we do private lessons and private classes over zoom like this is not something where I'm not working and therefore um, I'm playing a teacher seven hours a day there like I'm definitely using resources to help with that, so that my daughter is successful and we're not going crazy with the house upkeeping. Very happy to say, we invested in a Roomba. Now, this is before the sabbatical. This happened after COVID, but regardless, we use that Roomba. So you won't find me uh, going crazy trying to to vacuum uh, floors. We every person in the family has their own responsibilities as far as just upkeep of things. So it's not like I'm home now. So I'm going to take on all of this because everyone else is doing something else.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. And definitely as women, we're accustomed to taking on a lot of extra responsibilities. And so I love that you set those parameters early on. So moving on, I think that you touched on this a little bit about having like end goals for re-entering the workforce. So I'm assuming that, you know, your plan is to eventually re-enter the workforce. Um, Do you worry that you'll have trouble coming back into the workforce and will have to take a lower position or whatever your, what are your expectations around coming back? Do you want to come back? Are you thinking, no, I'm loving sabbatical life and want to be a lifelong
1: learner. It's it's difficult, honestly, to imagine exactly what life will look like after this because, as as much as I very much like my career, I also realized that most of the exciting jobs, at least up until before COVID, were very demanding jobs as well, but. I really like my flexibility now too. Like I want to travel more. I want to to have just more more, um, let's say, buffer space and day to day to be able to do things. So I don't really know what this is going to look like, but I'm I'm keeping the positive sort of optimistic attitude here that things are changing. Nobody knows what's going to happen after COVID. I'm not the only one who enjoys extra flexibility now, even people that are full-time working are liking working remotely and being able to travel more and so on. So I I feel like the world is going to be quite different than what we might recall from last year. So we'll see. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But um, going back to your other question as far as like what type of position I might be able to get and what that will look like. I mean, most of us have been taught to be suspicious of career breaks, myself included. But like I mentioned before, thanks to the millennials for years now, we've seen a shift in how employers are perceiving career breaks or even job hopping. So to me, that plus all of the kind of shifting attitudes because of COVID-19 and working remotely and so on, I think that the risk is lower today than it's ever been. But I also understand it. it's not a non-existent risk. Um, The older I get, the more I look at things holistically or like as a big picture, rather than trying to necessarily optimize one area. So a strong career is one aspect of life, but not not all of it. And I still very much care about my career, um, but I don't know exactly what that, that will look like. And I will also share just for myself that I am in a privileged position to kind of take my time to learn and explore and ultimately decide what position makes sense, whether that has to do from a work-life balance standpoint, whether it has to do from like a title or compensation standpoint, or whether it has to do about like the the kind of company or organization it is. Like one of my my things is I really want in the future to be working for organizations that I'm like super excited about what they're doing because they're doing all this good social work and making the world a better place to be. That's that's a, a high bar to meet I think for most companies. So I, I definitely feel myself having more and more requirements as far as what that job may look like. Um, but at the end of the day, I personally think that because I am spending a lot of effort on professional development right now, both in terms of the coursework and conferences as well as just networking, um, I think I will have a wider range of options when I do decide to go back than if I had just stayed, I think.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely sounds like there are more options, but also sounds like you're getting to know yourself more too and knowing adding to what you want and at, and removing things from what you don't want and that will adjust where you end up landing at the end of this as well
1: yeah yeah
0: so I guess in that term you know what is next or is
1: is what's next tbd <laughs> it's definitely a tbd and I I personally really wish I knew because I'm the type of person that loves to plan and does not like living in uncertainty but uncertainty is just the reality right now. Um, like I said I'm pretty optimistic as far as exciting career opportunities in the future uh, but we we shall see exactly exactly what that will look like and again with bal- balancing a work life and and so on what what that may uh, work out to be.
0: Sounds good, and then any final advice for people considering taking a sabbatical?
1: Well, we, we spent a long time talking about the goals, the short-term and the long-term. I think that's really um, the core of it. One more thing I want to add to that is kind of bluntly, can you afford it? Because literally, I think that if this will put a strain on your day-to-day existence due to financial concerns, it may not be a very good idea financial stress can have very negative consequences i think we're all kind of aware of that in theory but i think it's it, these these consequences can can come sooner than we think and um it, i don't think it would make it a very positive experience if you sort of have to be like sitting on, on thorns, worried about bills or worried about exactly when you're gonna be able to get back in and get health insurance and so on. So I think at the end of the day, we, we have to be somewhat realistic. And if this, if, if this whole situation was happening five years ago, I will share that I, I would not have been able to, to take this break and feel as comfortable as I am now. So I think that's an important consideration. We should all be realistic.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. Definitely, you know, goes in line with, I think Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Unless your basic needs of food and shelter are met, it's it's really difficult to reach that self-actualization. So a key point to consider before making this decision for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, Rody, thank you so much for joining us today. I know uh, Your story is an inspiration for a lot of people and you've been um, just a great mentor and, and friend and inspiration to people in the community. So appreciate you taking the time to chat and share your story.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.